Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 15, Purushottam Yoga, Yoga of the Supreme Spirit, of the Supreme Purusha. We have talked about Prakriti, the Prakriti has three aspects, the Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, and this permutation combination of the Sattva, Rajas and Tamas create this multiplicity in this world. When we associate with it, it creates a sansara. I in the world, in that relationship we get lost. And that relationship creates either the conducive experience or not conducive experience. Some are, some gives us joy and some gives us unhappiness. So that's our sansara. And that sansara we try to understand through various ways to understand what gives me happiness, how can I achieve the permanent happiness. So as we have seen before, our entire life is divided into two pursuits. One is to achieve happiness, another is to avoid unhappiness. So this chapter starts with saying, well, let's understand how your sansara starts in the first place. It seems like it is rooted here, but its source is up above. Up above, in other sense, there's something which is beyond my perception, something which is beyond my understanding. From that source, the sansar grows and it is nourished by the Veda, the leaves and branches. The more I know about this sansar, more it grows. More I know about any subject, it becomes more and more complex. Even though my knowledge grows, my insecurity increases. There may be even a lot more that I do not know. More we know about the atom, less we know about the reality of what atom is all about. Physics, when it was limited, people can say, well, I have understood everything and I know now nothing more to be known. More we know, more it becomes complex. So this sansar is like that. So how do we cross this sansar is the theme of all scriptural advice, the practices. So this chapter tries to make this thing very clear to us that remaining in the sansar, getting attached to the sansar, it will never be possible. So the very first advice in this chapter says with the strong acts of detachment, cut this tree of sansar. Detach yourself from this sansar. This is the only way to achieve that permanent happiness which you are seeking for. And then we have discussed what is the nature of that self. If I detach from this sense of what am I getting attached to? You're getting attached to that supreme self. Having gone there, none returns. Once you have achieved that identification, there won't be any delusion. 
you will never come back to this ignorance so as we had seen before this maya is created out of ignorance maya is called maya because it gives an appearance of something that which is not it's an illusion i always give example of david copperfield and i thought he must have disappeared somewhere but he was in news few days ago he was in a court room explaining how this illusion works so this is the first time he has to give the secret out in open court how he does that illusion because somebody got hurt so it is an illusion we know but till we know how it happens it's a mystery for us so this sansar is like that illusion that even though it seems so real we all come to understand from the scripture that it is an illusion it is the maya this is that once you get out of this illusion then only so now any time david copperfield perform their act we will not be in much much confusion we know what's happening there if you have that vision of both at the same time you got it made so therefore is a one who understand both one who can see this sansar and the source of sansar he is the vedavit he knows what the reality is to get out of this ignorance which we think this sansar is so real you have to develop some mental capabilities and we have seen this quality nirmana moha jita sanga dosa one who is beyond the pride and whatever the opposite of that and also jita sanga dosa who has a victory over attachment we are trying to achieve that but then we also want to understand what is the nature of myself the what is it that now consider that i as i am and what is the relationship between the supreme self so we have learned that mama evan says jivaloka jivaloka the world of individual beings where each one consider himself or herself to be an individual that's our world we all consider ourselves to be very complete individual independent of each other that's our general understanding we think that i am by myself and world is out there to compete with me it's actually other way around i am there because the world is there the world is not there i will not be there but that's never a clear in our mind so bhagwan makes a connection there is an all pervading supreme self which acts at the source of all the beings when it comes to me as the individual only a portion of that self associate with this mind and intellect it basically as we have seen it it draws the five senses and the mind from the prakriti so everything that i consider myself right now belongs to the prakriti my mind my intellect my body and we have seen previously in detail how this works that the body is made of of the grossified element the five elements which has come into it gross forms so you can identify them as five different elements and also we know where it comes from and where it goes we know that the body is made of food it very simple for us to really follow this food chain you know it was food before when i digested it became my body 
when I'll die, the same body will become food for somebody else. And the cycle continues. That's very simple for us. What is not simple for us is to understand a subtle body. So subtle body, we always thought, that's my consciousness. My mind and my intellect are the thinkers who think. So we consider that as our real self, which is driving this body to do what it does. The distinction here made is those are also part of the prakriti, the inert nature. The nature is inert in all forms. It becomes sentient by association with the consciousness. Just like we know for sure that my eye cannot see. I know now very much. I know more about eye than I am supposed to know. We know it basically no different than my glasses. So at least previously I had a God's given lens inside. Now I have both acrylic lenses on both sides and they are shifted. The guy said, don't worry about it. We can fix that too. We'll stitch it. So it is no different than any other thing which breaks down in my house, my clothes, whatever. You can repair it and make it good again. So this body, mind and intellect are from this inert world. It becomes sentient only when it is associated with the consciousness. As long as I am aware, my eye can see. And I am not aware of what's happening around, my eye cannot see. That would be a standard example. We are seeing but not registering that what is there. Or we are hearing but not listening. Because the mind is not there. And mind itself also cannot do anything because it is made up of the inert material. That material is Vedanta says, before these five elements were grossified. Those five elements in the primordial state, they call it tanmatras. The mind and intellect are made. Those are still inert equipment just like our body. But when the consciousness shines on the mind and intellect, the mind and intellect become capable of interpreting the experience which is happening. So only when the consciousness is aware, I can see and mind can interpret. Even when I am alive, but when I am in deep sleep, the mind and intellect are in dormant state because consciousness is not available to it. Therefore, it cannot interpret any experience in deep sleep. Therefore, I wake up and say, I don't know. That I don't know and I know is my entire world. So the avidya is the root cause of my confusion about who I am. So avidya is the part of maya. So that avidya, which is I don't know, when associated with the purusha, which is all knowledge, that portion of me comes to say, I know. And that I know creates the notion that I, the individual know. So now I created an entity called jiva. That jiva is the consciousness identifying with the mind and intellect, considering itself to be an entity by itself, which is capable of knowing. That's jiva. So that jiva, when associated with the atma, which is the pure consciousness, is called jivatma. So mind and intellect identifying itself as the entity 
associating with the consciousness creates jivatma this jivatma remains intact as long as conditioning is there standard example that the room space the space was always here but this very fact that space was here attracted this somebody to build a building somebody who is a developer who has an idea about to create building he sees this space and i can build a building here so this space by its very existence attracted walls and floor and ceiling in this space now it created a room space now it's a conditioned space so as long as this conditioning remains the room space remains so this mind and intellect once come in association with the consciousness it identifies with this limited consciousness which it is reflecting through this becomes a jivatma this jivatma experience this world through those five senses and the mind <coughs> then we have seen that when this self leaves this body we one thing is sure that we have seen people dying so that's given that i will die too so what happens at the time of death is always a mystery to us bhagwan clarifies here that what happens here is that jivatma will leave this body carrying the fragrance with it of all the experiences and tendencies all the fragrance of the mind and intellect which it has experienced through the senses it will go with it so atmabodh actually describes subtle body so what dies is only the gross body the subtle body leaves as jivatma because it is constantly identifying with the consciousness which is all pervading it's like a mobile home or a car the space inside the car is identified with the car but it's not the same space it can move from here to hanover county and still the car space it moved from germany to united states it's still the same car space but now we know from our overall perspective it was not it's not the same space when it is here it the space belong to hendrico Hanover, the space belongs to Hanover, but because the conditioning is moving, the space is omnipresent. Wherever the conditioning moves, the identification moves with it. This jivatma associating with all pervading consciousness, when it moves from one body to another, it still identifies itself as an entity. That is called a subtle body living. So subtle body is the only thing which. which survives my death and that subtle body is described in atmabodh is even 17 elements five pranas 10 senses panch prana 10 indriya 15 then mind and intellect mix 17 this 17 remains as a subtle body not exactly the way we understand today so not my eye is going to go with me at my sense of but the capacity and ability to remember that experience will go along with it that will then will start the journey again when i look at this experience i think that is when i die my existence will end so the verses we have seen says utkramantam sthitam va api bhunjanam va gunanvitam vimuda na anupashyante पश्यंती ज्ञानचक्षुषा राइट नाउ आई डू नॉट सी दिस हैपनिंग 
that this jivatma will remain intact at the time of my death. But the one with the jnana chakshusaha, one who has the eye of wisdom, who has realized that all these are part of the prakriti, and as long as the subtle body is identified with the ego, it will remain intact. But right now from my observations, that does not make any sense. Because I have limited my understanding to what I seeing is believing. Right now, you know, I am a man of science, you know. Only seeing is believing. So Swamiji says that we have limited our own intellect by relying on the limited science of perception, experience, analysis. So let's say I limit myself to what is the shape of the earth. I say, whatever I can say, I can tell you, I see the earth is flat. Because I am limited to my own experience only. But I can go further and further. This is how we learn. We learn in school the experiences of generations of scientists. And we take that as our wisdom. So Bhagavan said, the one who has a gnana chaksu, one who has a wisdom, he sees that. Not only sees that this jivatma is different than this life, but the atma is different than jivatma. Pure atma is not affected by any of this conditioning, even though it is associated with conditioning. Vimudaha na anupashyanti. The language is harsh from our perspective. Muda, one who cannot see what the reality is. So one who has not realized the fact that this is what it is, he said he does not see that. Kramantam sthitam va api bhunjanam va gunanvitam that him who departs, stays and enjoys, is united with the gunas, atma, which is conditioned, conditioned by the gunas of the prakriti. Deluded do not see, but they behold who possess the eye of knowledge. And this eye of knowledge, how it is to be developed, that just working hard is not good enough working hard with the knowledge of way in which field to work and where to work will yield any results. If I want to go to New York and I keep driving south and I may drive as fast as I can but I never reach New York because I'm driving in a wrong direction. So therefore Bhagavan said, Yatanto yogi naha chayena pasyanti atmani avasthitam yatanto api krutatmanaha Na enam pasyanti achetasaha. The seekers striving behold him dwelling in the self. The person who is constantly seeking who I am. The fundamental question is who I am. And right now I answered in various ways. I am this body, this mind, this intellect. I have this uh, qualification. I am son of such and such. All this that we come to one conclusion and say none of this is me then who I am? I am not this body, I am not this mind, I am not this intellect. Who I am? He said, that which is aware of this body, mind and intellect. That which is aware of all my shortcomings and my accomplishments. We always know our shortcomings, whether we admit or not. So there is someone who is constantly watching. Someone who is constantly 
observing. He said that yogi would know. The one who is seeking this will come to that conclusion who I am. Yatuntopi akrutatmanaha. Akruta, one who has not prepared himself to know this. If I have not been given training into thinking how to think, so in any training, like in our architecture, how do you learn design? You can't really teach somebody how to design. We teach him how to think. And once you train your mind how to think, then you learn how to design. How can I think about myself? He said, without training how to think about yourself, is still not possible. Dirfan said, a who has not prepared his mind and intellect. If my mind and intellect are clouded, everything will come out clouded. As in computer language say, the garbage in, garbage out. So, unless the information putting in is clear, will not have a clear result. So, akrutatma, they will not be able to see. Na enam pasyanti achetasaha. And also, unintelligent. So, there are people who do not even strive for it. Majority say they are not concerned about it. There is a minority who wants to know about this. But out of this, some are not prepared and therefore they are not getting the result. But those who are prepared will get the result. That's basically this verse says. The last verse which we are looking at says, Yada aditya gatam tejaha jagat basayate akhilam Yat chandramasi yachya agnav tat tejo vidhi mamakam With all these things we have a clear danger of misunderstanding this prakriti does not belong to Purusha, the Supreme Self. Therefore Bhagavan said that even this world of objects which are illumined by the lights which we have talked about before, that the light in the sun which illumines this entire jagat and also in the moon and also in the fire is my light alone. So I am the source of even this prakriti. The prakriti exists because I exist. It is my power which creates this prakriti. It is my power which creates this maya in which you see this world of objects. And the sun, moon and fire on other hand also represent the sun is the deity of the intellect, moon is the deity of the mind, and fire is the deity of physiological functions. He said these only exist because I exist as the consciousness. If the consciousness does not exist, the world does not exist in any form. The Bhagavan said all the lights which you see, all the knowledge which you gather, know that it comes from me alone. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om